Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the It's Coming Home edition of Telling Everybody Everything. Whether you love football or not, like I'm in the not category, you will most likely be watching the final tonight of the Euro something, the Euros, the Euro Cup, the European Championships at Wembley. Um, I'm not English, obviously. Some of my heritage is. My husband is half Dutch. They were knocked out quite a while ago in a disgusting display of a undeserved red card. Well, maybe it was deserved. I don't know. But anyway, our household since then has switched to not Italy. So we have been team not Italy for the last like three rounds. And oh, looky, looky, who's in the final against England? Not Italy. It's Italy. And so we'll be rooting for English football tonight. It's coming home. I just love the joy and the just effervescence that it has spread across the nation. A lot of you know my very good friends, Rob Beckett and Lloyd Griffiths. You might have been watching their Instagram stories because they've just been the epitome of the right side of lad. You know, they're loving it. They're having fun. Rob's got an amazing bucket hat. It's just good quality entertainment for the whole family, really. Uh, Speaking of the right side of Lad, you can hear some gurgling, cooing going on in the background. That is Fred. He has chosen violence recently. He's not as easy as he was. He's four. Oh, you're four weeks today, Fred. He was born on June 13th. It is now July, what, 11th, and he's nearly a full month old. How exciting. And he's getting stronger and he's getting hungrier and he's getting more energy to cry. But he's still not as fussy as Viola was. He's pretty cool. Speaking of babies, speaking of newborns, okay, I put a question out of my Instagram stories. I said, what would you like to hear on the podcast? And an overwhelming number of you said advice. You like it when I answer the emails and you especially like the interactions with my daughter Violet and Bobby Kay. So we'll get Violet on some emails shortly. But I was also gobsmacked when it was brought to my attention. Nick wilding out canon he's 40 years old he's got seven children and i think it is high time we discuss the fertility and procreation of a working man how does he do it seven children you say and and the most shocking bit well i'm not sure the most shocking bit might be their fucking names but look name your baby after fred west name your baby whatever you want um the most shocking bit to me is that He had three newborns last month. 
So between the time Fred was born and now, Nick Cannon has welcomed, I had one newborn last month. He had twins with his current girlfriend. And after, mm-hmm, you're doing the math as I am, after the twins with his current girlfriend were born, a week later, another baby was born. And its mother is a model that I guess he was seeing. Maybe he was casually seeing both women in the beginning. And then the one with the twins became like the legitimate GF. I don't know. Some people are in open relationships. I'm not very woke to like the young goings on of romance, but I just find it amazing. Like you and I, ladies, we can't really have three newborns in a month. Um, A female journalist said, oh, maybe you should start using condoms, you know? And he said, no, all the women who were meant to get pregnant in my life got pregnant. I've had sex with way more women than these and they didn't have my babies. So let's get into it. Nick Cannon, father of the year. How does he do it? I'm sure he's very hands-on with all these seven children. Who are their mothers? What are their names? Who's Nick Cannon? Let's talk about it. So I look him up because I think, well, where did this come from? Who's giving this kid shows? He was on TV as a teenager, then all of a sudden he's Nick Cannon and he's getting shows. Why? He's a very um, entrepreneurial self-starter. I will say that. He released his debut self-titled album in 2003 with the single Gigolo. Do you remember this? Well, let me shed some light for you. It was a collaboration with R. Kelly. Oh, that's right, Fred. Oh, no. Let's listen to it. You got to remember this. This was huge in high school. I'm a gigolo spending lots of dough. I beg your pardon, gentlemen. So many what? So many hoes? You are the gigolo. You're being paid for sex. You're literally the ho. Well, if that isn't the anthem of a man with seven children, I don't know what is. I liked that song. I'd forgotten about it. And what a fucking shame that R. Kelly is on the record. Why is R. Kelly so evil and talented? There is an annoying assumption in entertainment that when someone's famous and you haven't heard of them before, they have a big career-changing song like Gigolo, that they came out of nowhere. And that's never, ever the case. So Nick Cannon has been a grafter from a very young age. He was on TV as a teenager, but his music career started in 1999. He was one third of the rap group Dodgy for Dope Bomb Squad and opened for Will Smith, LFO. (gasps) Remember LFO? I like the girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I had one wish. I'm violating all kind of copyrights today. Um, So then he signed with a record label in 2001, and they put him forward for a few things, but it was this self-titled album in 2003 that changed things. And then, crucially, and I think this is why he's rich and he's not just one of those one-hit wonder rappers, in 2005, he formed his own record label. Utterly crucial to his success, because we know currently from the Free Britney movement and from everything that happened with Kesha and you can give 10,000 other examples. Oh, Taylor Swift trying to buy her music back from Scooter Braun, who did not write it, who had nothing to do with her creative genius, is that you have to own your music and to have your own record label means you can't get fucked around like the moms of his seven children. That same year, Nick Cannon created, produced, and hosted the MTV improv comedy series Wild and Out. 
So again, a real self-starter, owning all of his stuff, producing all of his stuff. That is the difference between someone who gets to marry Mariah Carey and can afford a football team of children and someone who's a one-hit wonder and gets washed up. And he's hosted a bunch of things. He hosted America's Got Talent for a while. He presents The Masked Singer. Nick Cannon is doing a lot. He's got a podcast. He's got a radio show. And somehow he's juggling that with raising his seven kids. Yeah. 2005 was huge for Nick Cannon. It's also the year he met Mariah Carey. They didn't start dating, but he presented her with a Nickelodeon Teen Choice Award. And he was her teen choice. No, I don't think he was a teen. He was like 20s. But she said that he was very ambitious and faith-based. All that is true. Actually, one of the songs he released was like an anti-abortion song called Let Me Live. Nick Cannon, whatever. Mariah Carey uh, said in her book that they just got married really quickly once they started dating. They started dating three years after they first met and they just figured, we really want to have kids together. We think we're a good match. We're on the same level. Let's get married. And truly, this is the love story between me and Bobby Kay. Bobby Kay is loads younger than I am. And by loads younger, I mean he's two months older, but in, you know, television relationships, people message me all the time and go, he should be with someone his own age. Okay. Um, and we wanted to have kids and we were just simpatico and got along. Uh-oh. But now Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey are divorced. So... During their marriage, Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey had twins, so that's two kids if anyone's keeping track for Nick Cannon. They're called Moroccan and Monroe, a girl and a boy. And we'll get to the other five, but in my research, someone messaged me and said, well, Catherine, yes, he had the two with Mariah Carey and then was diagnosed with a terminal illness. And that's why he wanted to have all the others and wants to continue to have babies. He wants these children to live his legacy, like sort of a Genghis Khan complex of repopulating the world because of his terminal illness. I was like, what? So I look up the terminal illness. It's only lupus, which I also have. And I'm not out there impregnating four women with my seven kids. Um, lupus is not always a terminal illness, but I mean, I do get it. He had kidney failure. He had a lot of problems from lupus. Ah, uh, yes. Here's a quote from Nick Cannon on Howard Stern's radio show after he was talking about monogamy and how it doesn't suit him and following his divorce from Mariah Carey that he'll probably never be monogamous again. He said, we're meant to be fruitful and multiply. And how can you do that with one woman? Regarding his lupus diagnosis, he said, I feel like, yo, I'm running out of time. Every time I think I'm doing good, then I got to go back to fucking hospital. I got a space now where I can say I'm probably going to die sooner than most people. Thanks, Nick Cannon. I mean, that's what the doctor said. But I'm living life like, fuck, I might die in the morning, so let's fuck all night. Why wear condoms? I might not be here tomorrow. Well, I don't want to criticize anyone's approach to their family or their legacy, but I just don't feel that my approach would be to have seven kids with four men. I feel like maybe that would flare my autoimmune disease. I feel like having seven kids would put me in the hospital. I gotta say, Nick Cannon, have a minimum number of kids, go for a walk, stay away from gluten, chill, chill your life, and lupus actually can turn itself around in my experience anyway. So now Nick Cannon's divorced, he's no longer looking for monogamy, which I suppose is a good thing because it's not as though he's cheating on these women or upsetting them by having different children. They all apparently know the score. He starts dating a woman called Brittany Bell, and in 2017, she gave birth to their son, Golden Saigon Cannon. That brings Nick Cannon's baby total up to three. 
So they're still dating in 2020. This woman, Brittany Bell, has another child of Nick's called Powerful Queen Cannon, PQC. What a tight name. Genuinely not making fun of any of these baby names. I love them. That brings Nick Cannon's baby count up to four. I may not be the Rachel Riley of arithmetic calculus, but it seems that on June 14th, 2021, he welcomed his fifth child, which means he would have been hard at work creating this sibling during Brittany Bell's last pregnancy. So this fifth, oh, and sixth child, they're twins. It's with DJ Abby de la Rosa. They're called Zion Mixoladian and Zillion Air. Now, once again, especially if you're famous, you name your kids anything you want. It's not going to hold them back in life. But this little boy's name is Zillion, and his middle name is Air, as in heir to the throne, Canon. Zillionaire, sure. So that brings Nick Cannon's baby count up to six. The most recent mother of his children and the mother of the seventh child is Alyssa Scott. She is a model and she delivered that baby June 23rd, less than 10 days after Zion and Zillionaire were born. This means that Brittany Bell, De La Rosa, the DJ, and this Alyssa Scott were three women expecting all around the same time. Because Nick Cannon has had four kids in a year, three kids last month, but it's, I mean, they all must have been pregnant at the same time, all down with this arrangement. So is this scenario as morally reprehensible as I thought it was when someone first messaged it to me? Talk about Nick Cannon having seven kids in the podcast, three newborns last month. I thought, what the fuck? But now I just don't know. And as a side note, Mariah Carey, his first mother of his children is 51, Brittany Bell is 33, Abby de la Rosa is 30, and the little model Alyssa Scott is 26. So, I mean, this is a low bar, Hollywood, but hats off to a man who doesn't date teenagers, who has his children with consenting women over the age of 25. I'll tell you what, I've, I've never understood what the sexual appeal of Nick Cannon was, never, from day one to now, but I think I like him. I think I like where his head's at, and I think it's not a bad idea to have seven kids if they're well looked after. Do you know whose opinion we need? Julie McCarthy, my mother. She will always have the answer. Ugh. In a utopia, we would all have children with men who are caring, involved, loving daddies. But the reality is some of us end up having babies with Fathers who don't give a shit or are downright abusive. Some of us have babies with sperm donors. And I guess this guy is like a semi-present sperm donor. It's Is it any worse than, you know, being one of those polygamous guys with a ton of children from a bevy of sister wives? And the unfair fact remains that it's biologically easier to be a father than a mother because they just have to deliver the goods and then they can just fuck off if they want. And they don't have to worry about the biological clock. And the excuse that he has a terminal illness is just that, an excuse. He can live a perfectly long, normal, healthy life with lupus if he makes the right choices. 
Thank you, Mom. No need to drag the lupus community into this, Nick Cannon. I am on an autoimmune protocol diet most of the time. I take hydroxychloroquine, and I'm a very stress-free individual. Why? Crucially, I don't have seven kids. But it's true. He looks after them, I'm sure. Gives their mothers loads of money. Everyone's in on the deal. There's consent and transparency. We like that about Nick Cannon. We like it. We can also see below the thin veneer of the terminal illness excuse, he's a gigolo, he wants to be surrounded by so many hoes, and like many men, if they could, biologically, they just want to be fruitful and multiply and have as many kids with as many women as they can. And I've heard a lot of my personal friends admit this, that that is the biological goal, but it doesn't make sense in society or they're not rich enough or whatever. And ladies, if you are rich enough, freeze your eggs as you get older so that you're not panicking looking for a partner don't have kids at all if you don't want them but if you do take control of that biological clock as much as you can freeze your eggs or do a kim kardashian and try to have surrogates and just keep posting your hot body on instagram i don't know but we have to find a way to compete with the nick cannons of the world Mark my words, if I could have seven children very easily and not have to deliver all of them and get my perineum retorn, I would do it. I love having kids. Sure, I wouldn't want them in different homes and I wouldn't want any relationship drama with the different fathers and I wouldn't want to give all of them a ton of money. But if Nick Cannon's all right with that, then he's paying for a service, I guess. I would like to be the father of seven kids. I don't want to be their mom. I would love to be the father of seven children, and fuck it, I would like to be a gigolo. Please listen to our sponsors because they make this podcast possible. And when we come back, I'll answer your emails. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome back to Telling Everybody Everything. I am really sorry, by the way, that football came home in a sense, but did not move in. Uh, I think that... It was a tricky game. I would have liked to see England win. But did you see the videos of fans, number one, storming the Wembley gates, and number two, destroying Leicester Square, and actually number three, fighting 
Like some fans came in through Wembley and other fans were trying to fight them and get them out under the guise of like, I'm helping the stewards. But really it was seemed like violence and booze motivated. I don't understand the mentality of people who fight. But look, I know that's not all fans. Hashtag not all fans. But it made me less sad. Truly, I wanted to see England win. But after I saw the scenes in Leicester Square, I was like, you know what? We don't deserve nice things. That's my advice. Next time the Euros roll around, don't smash up the town with glass. All right, let's get to the emails. I know we've got some spicy ones and you requested more advice. So I'm going to try to be snappy with it. Bobby's here. Fred's here. Megan is here. Bobby, say hi. Hello. All right. This lady says, recently I've been going through a rough spot in my relationship slash marriage, which is understatement of the year because I've just skimmed this email and it is bad, bad. We've been together for nearly 10 years. I'm 28. He's 38. Oh, Bobby, you're asking how old she is. She does say 28 spring chicken. All right. We fell madly in love in London. And then to expedite this letter, I'm going to tell you they moved to Sweden because his father was sick and now she lives in Sweden. Over the last seven months during COVID, my husband has started working a lot, up to 18-hour days. This has put a strain on our relationship. He asked me to be patient and supportive, which I was to begin with. Since they moved office four months ago, he became even more distant and turned into someone I don't recognize. I was no longer welcome at the office. He was putting a lot of effort into his personal appearance, shaving everywhere. That means his balls, doesn't it, Bobby? I think so. Beard maintenance, wardrobe upgrade. I put it down to him being happy at work and wanting to celebrate himself. He started coming home later and later, 2 a.m. being the norm, rejecting my phone calls, which he never did before. And when he needed to drive places in the evening, I used to join him, but now he was too busy to take me along. I had my suspicions that something was going on, and I confronted him when I saw him on social media out with a female colleague in a Porsche. Imagine this was just a sponsored ad for Porsche. That's how ads are now. They'll like tell you a story and then they'll like mention Porsche. Yes, we like Porsche. <laughs> After a few more weeks, his behavior became even more erratic. He started to neglect family commitments, taking our dog out, skipping all meals at home, and not paying bills on time. What the hell? Still suspecting something was up, I broke the trust rule. I checked his phone. What do you think was in his phone, Bobby? Uh, not good. He was cheating. He was cheating on me for months. This explains why celebrating my birthday or our anniversary were such logistical struggles for him and why he could only commit to a quick dinner for each. The real gut punch is that we have been trying for a baby for the last six months. I confronted the girl at his office, and now he's started to tell everyone that I'm crazy and controlling. He's asked me to leave the house and go back to London. Just getting up and leaving the life I've built here doesn't work. All the information is in Swedish, which I have a conversational grasp of, but not a business level of understanding, and it makes it hard to get advice. I also have no idea what to do about my job or my dog, who we drove over here in a 16-hour car ride. I just feel like I haven't done anything wrong, yet I'm being punished with my life in shambles. I feel frozen and confused. I really do want a baby, and I've just found out I'm pregnant. The problem is, I don't want him to be a part of my life moving forwards if we're not together. So you thought you could slide this past me if we're not together. I don't want him to be part of my life if we're not together. So you do want to be with him still. This behavior is not a deal breaker for you. You're angry and he's cheating on you and he's acting like someone that you don't recognize. So you don't want to be with him, but secretly not so secretly. If everything could go back to the way that it was, then you would be with him and you would have this baby. Well, I hate to tell you that he will not be the man he used to be ever again. Too much has happened 
I don't think this is shit that you can forgive. There'll be resentment or he'll have resentment. He'll be like, oh, she made me give up my mistress. And what's a Swedish accent? She make me give up my mistress. And no, I can't. Um, You know what I mean? When shit like this happens in a relationship, it's very, very difficult to come back from. And I did hear of a story anecdotally, personally, within the family of a man who was caught cheating on his wife and it was the best thing that ever happened in their marriage, according to her. He treats her like a princess now. He realized he was wrong. I mean, that does happen. Not in my marriage. I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, it was great. He was fucking this woman at work and then I had the baby and everything. You know, he respected me and he said he was sorry now. He treats me better than ever. No, that doesn't happen that way. So you got to get that out of your head. He has committed an offense in your marriage that I think is a red card. Back to you. On the other hand, I don't know if I'll meet someone new and have my own baby again. Well, first of all, you're 28 years old. You will absolutely meet someone new. You might have five new husbands over the course of your life. I know 80-year-old women who meet someone new. 28, you feel like a grown-up, but you are still very young in terms of marriage and procreation years so don't panic about that i flip-flop so much i want to live in my dream flat where we had envisaged our life and growing family together uprooting this swedish life that i've spent the last few years building is going to be chaotic and stressful i'd have to move back in with my parents and sell a ton of my things and this is just not how i imagined having a baby should i even tell him i'm pregnant my worry is that he'll manipulate me into keeping it and staying with him in sweden Well, he carries on with her because I know he wants a baby as much as I do. Do I just cut all my losses, run, and terminate my pregnancy to have a clean break from him? Well, yeah. So all of your options are bad. All of them. Going back to London, kick in the dick. You don't want to move back with your parents. And I agree with you. You've done nothing wrong. So why this punishment of having to sort it all out? Terminating your pregnancy is not what you want because, like you said, you really want to have this baby. Staying with him while he's cheating on you is not something that you want, especially as you're in a foreign country and it really feels like he has the upper hand status-wise. He speaks the language. I assume if his dad is sick in Sweden, then he's Swedish. You don't speak the language. He has a thriving business. You're in the dark now about a lot of things. Every option is shit, so let's look at the least shit. Ah. Moving back to London, I believe, is what you need to do. And here's why. If you have that baby in Sweden, it's a Swedish baby. He's Swedish. I gather you're not Swedish. I feel like legally, if you tell him about the baby, obviously you don't want to keep him in the dark about his own child. That would be not ethical. If you have the baby in London, then at least it's a British passport holding baby just like you are. You are its mother. You have support of your family. And crucially, you speak the language. Um, Then you can find a way once things cool down to co-parent. And I think he would have less rights, fewer rights in taking the baby to Sweden or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to be on your home turf with your baby. I'm not suggesting anyone deny parental rights or anything else. But if you've seen the Sally Fields film, Not Without My Daughter, you don't want to have a baby in a foreign country where your husband is from. I know Sweden's very progressive and Not Without My Daughter is about Iran. But listen, that's what I learned from Sally Fields. Yeah, I would worry that if you stayed in Sweden and imagined everything would work out, then you'd be three kids deep in this marriage and he would still be doing what he's doing. 
I do think you need to split from him. I know that's not really what you want. I am sorry. I'll go out on a limb and say, I think this man is a sociopath for actively trying to have a baby with you when he knew he was cheating on you. Because withholding that kind of information is a form of narcissistic control. And what is he going to do? He really wanted to have a baby with you? Was he like a little Swedish Nick Cannon running around just trying to have babies, but still have his cake and eat it too. He's Nick Cannon without the honesty and transparency. I don't like it. And God forbid that baby is born and he and this office woman try to be like mom and dad and take it from you more than you're comfortable with. It's just, it's an ugly scene if you stay there. You think right now it's logistically difficult to get to London and sell your shit and live with your parents for a while. Uh Uh-uh. It'd be way worse to stay where you are or it could be way worse. It could be fine. I mean, look at me. I was 25. I had a baby in a foreign country. I made it work. Uh, I was very lucky and things worked out okay for me, but that's because I had a positive attitude because my mental health was rock solid. I really wish that for you. It's not impossible. You can totally make a success of this and have your baby and do everything you want to do. But I really feel like you need to be in London and don't worry about the dog. I don't think you have to tell this man that you're pregnant. I think you probably have a responsibility to tell him when the baby's born, if that's what you decide to do. But I would just move back to London, really pull the rug out. feels like he'd be surprised if you disappeared. Just leave. Don't even tell him you're leaving. Just go and then leave him with the dog. I know you love the dog, but be like, bitch, you sort out the logistics of sending me back my fucking dog. You think I'm crazy and controlling? No one can call you that if you don't speak to them. Just go silent, go off grid, move to London, sort your shit out, and then be like, by the way, you have a baby. And by then, he'll probably have three more Swedish babies with women from the office. So don't even worry about him. He'll be busy because he, unlike Nick Cannon, is no gigolo like he thinks he is. You spend one day in a Porsche doesn't make you a gangster. Ooh, here's one about HPV. Catherine, brass tacks. I'm 37. I've had several long-term partners and I've had smear tests since I was 18. The sex was mostly good and the smears were always clear. Until now. Last September, post-Irish lockdown, I came back to England and I was so excited by the bright lights and shots at the pub that I stupidly slept with this good go-for-drinks. This is all one word. Go-for-drinks-if-you're-bored acquaintance. (laughs) All one word. Person. Long story short, oxytocin came to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't fancy him before at all. Quite the opposite. Anyway, we were seeing each other for a bit. He mentioned his ex-wife had to go for a scan on account of HPV. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know HPV was contracted through a willy. How did you think you got it? It's an STI, babe. HPV, for those of you who don't know, is... um. It, well, it's not herpes. It's not syphilis. It's not chlamydia. It's not the big three. It is like a, I don't want to even call it warts because it's not warts. It is a venereal disease that men are asymptomatic of mostly. But if a woman has HPV, which by the way, 80% of people have it, then certain types of HPV can lead to cervical cancer. Uh, HPV is so common though. So don't worry, like genuinely 80% of people have it, but it can be dormant. And as long as you get regular smears, you will not have it progress to cervical cancer, but you have to get your regular smears. Crucial, crucial. This is why you always see commercials, people on TV, people on Instagram banging on about getting smears because 80% of us have HPV, myself included. It's not a big deal. 
A few weeks later, he mentioned that this girl he used to see a few months ago had to get checked for the same thing. That was grand. Still no alarm bells ringing for me. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. We saw each other for a bit more. He said he wanted to have babies and would adopt if I couldn't have them. He said other bombastic things along the same lines that I won't bore you with. The erratic love bombing was accompanied by very shady behavior, i.e. he messaged a lot of prostitutes. In bars, he had the look of a pubescent boy or creeper man who had just been released from a 10 stretch, i.e. he would stare at a Labrador's tits if they were on view. He had a clitoral stimulator in his bedside cabinet that he said was for his arsehole. The arsehole in question had a long beige worm, which I can only assume was a hemorrhoid. LSS, he was a pathological liar with poor anal aesthetic. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Oh, so you think he has HPV on his ass? That that little long worm is HPV? I'm so confused. What sex education is going on in Ireland? Wait a minute, I just answered my own question. None. Like literally nuns. When we were still seeing each other, I told him as a friend that he should go and hoe because he didn't hoe when he was young. He said he only wanted me and then we stopped seeing each other because he was a hoe. It's now July. The smear people have told me that I have HPV and a high grade anomalous cells. I have to go for the coliop thing next week. I'm beside myself with worry as I've had anomalous menstrual pain since November. I fainted twice recently. I've never fainted before in my life, so this has worried me. I also have an autoimmune disease, but it's usually grand. I'm no longer in contact with this person, but what does one do? In a fairer world, would he have to have a coliop, whatever it's called as well? Can you, Bobby or Violet, suggest a thing? I'd rather not engage with this person anymore, but he needs to sort out playing Russian roulette with his meatball peen. Thank you for your time. I mean, God, thank you for your time. I don't know what's going on with this man's butt. I'm sure it's not HPV of the butt. I don't think men can get that. I don't know why you're looking at his asshole in the first place. I am married and I have never seen my husband's asshole. Oh, why am I the most vanilla lover? Am I supposed to be looking at his asshole? Am I, I mean, I could go look at it now and let you know what I think of it, we could compare and maybe it's normal that men have a little thing hanging out of their ass. I don't know. I've never seen a man's asshole. One time I walked into a room and my ex-boyfriend who had waxing done was like staring back behind him into a mirror into his own asshole. And I saw that horrible scene, but I didn't myself see into the ass. Ugh. Okay. The procedure you're talking about is a colposcopy colposcopy. It is where you go into the doctor. It's just like a smear. It doesn't hurt. They will put in the little speculum and then they will look at a magnified view of your cervix. They'll put some dye on it, I think, and take a little biopsy um, of the cells to see what stage of abnormality there is there. I had this same thing and I had very low like stage one abnormality. They didn't have to laser off the cells, though in your case, they might laser a few cells or they might do this thing called a let's procedure where they take off a little bit of the cervical tissue but that is rare most likely they'll have a look at it and they'll be like yeah it's all under control don't smoke live a healthy lifestyle this thing will burn itself out it can kind of go up and down when you're run down and it sounds like you are and you have this autoimmune disease and you've been fainting sounds to me like the vid that's all anybody has lately is covid nothing else I love that you're getting smears and you're taking control of your sexual health 
and your gynecological health. And I think you shouldn't worry. As for dealing with this guy and his meat penis, again, 80% of people have HPV. I just think the best thing that you can do, because it doesn't really affect men, is spread the word to your girlfriends that they need to have regular smears and they need to use condoms because HPV is out there and it shouldn't affect your life. Here's one about friendships. It says, Catherine, my best friend didn't come to my wedding. For some background, my partner and I got married May 2021. The wedding was originally scheduled for September 2020, but we had to move it until guests could be vaccinated or feel safe. When we decided to move it, we chose early May, but my childhood best friend, whom I consider as close as a sister, texted me to tell us she wouldn't come because her boyfriend was graduating college that weekend. So since the date wasn't confirmed with the venue yet, I made the decision to move my wedding to the following weekend to accommodate her. Obviously, I did this because she's like family and I could not imagine my day without her. A couple of weeks before the wedding, she called me again to say she would not be coming because although she was fully vaccinated, she didn't want to be around 60 guests that I was having. Do I have a right to be upset with her? I know people miss weddings all the time for a number of reasons, but this one hit hard and she caused me a lot of pain and how lackadaisical she was. She has yet to apologize and continues to brush it off. Let me know if I'm overreacting. Hmm. Feels like she's just not that into you doesn't it? Because first wedding, she's like, well, I'm going to my boyfriend's graduation. And then second wedding, she's vaccinated, but she's like, I don't want to be around that many disgusting, diseased people. And now she's not apologizing. Are you sure this girl wants to be your friend? Or maybe she's just a bad friend who can only see the level of importance through like her own estimation of it. I would be this bad friend. I would be like, who cares about your wedding? Um, Even though I did attend my best friend's wedding in Finland, and then I attended it again when she redid it, not even to a different man, the same man in Canada, because she's my best friend. And because I knew that it was an important day for her, I prioritized that. However... Usually I don't think weddings matter. I'm sorry. I think weddings are kind of not my thing. Uh, But that's not to say that that should come into the decision making. You know, like if she's your friend and it is important to you, then she should make that sacrifice for you. Hmm. Do I think you should be mad at her? Do you have a right to be upset with her? This is a funny question. Like you always have a right to your feelings. If you are upset with her, then you're upset with her. But... You're the one who moved the day. You chose to do that. She didn't ask you to do that. She just said she couldn't come to the first day. And then she canceled again on the second day. I think you have a right to take a lesson away from this. And that is don't put yourself out to accommodate this friend because she's not going to put herself out to accommodate you. And if that's okay in your friendship, then you can carry on having a friendship and just be like, oh yeah, my best friend is like this. You know, I love her. She's like a sister to me, but she is someone who doesn't um, inconvenience herself for others. You can have friends like that. All my friends accept the way I am. The way I am is if work is happening and I'm paid lots of money to be somewhere, then I'm canceling whatever you have going on to do that. Actually, that is sort of what every comedian pre-pandemic does to their friends. We are not available on weekends. We are not coming to your wedding. 
One more shock, shock, shock. It is about love and romance and relationships. And I have to tell you, a lot of you have relationship problems and write me these emails. And time and time again, if you have to write me an email about a guy treating like shit, then my answer is going to be walk away from him. A lot of you are being treated badly. Catherine, I'm a 23-year-old gal. For the first time in my life, I find myself having relationship issues. It's important to establish that I'm a naturally antisocial and cold person. (laughs) You come to the right place. I make it near impossible to get to know me, which I believe is due to childhood trauma. I'm overly cautious about getting hurt, and I'm particularly avoidant of men. Is this your Tinder bio? I like it. I love it. Hello, I'm a naturally cold person, and it's hard to get to know me. I'm traumatized, and I don't need men. You could have written the opening credits for The Duchess. Despite my many character flaws, I have found love in the office. This boy, who is really a 28-year-old man, was persistent. He put in months pursuing me. He bought me gifts. He took me out on dates. He accepted my flaws, and he was patient. I put myself out there for him more than I had for anyone else in my life. We talked about our future and our abusive parents. I was falling in love with him. Oh, no. You can't bond over trauma. That is the first rule because it will create a codependency. And are you falling in love with him or are you falling in love with kind of the idea of therapy and this releasing of traumatic stories and this bonding over shared trauma? No, no, no. Very dangerous. It's okay. You didn't know that. You're 23. Last weekend, I tried really hard to make my feelings more evident. I told him I liked him verbally. This is a big deal for me. Fast forward to this weekend at work, and I hear that he has slept with at least three other girls in the workplace. I'm heartbroken, and immediately I confront him. At first, he denies it, but eventually half admits to one girl. What does that mean? Like, he put the tip in? He's like, well, sort of, we had sex. Oh, he says he can't really remember because he was drunk. But I just don't really believe that he could forget something like that. No, neither do I. Otherwise, it sounds like assault. Worst of all, it was relatively recent. And I was meant to go out with them that night, but I couldn't because I was sick. Oh, so you guys already had this romance and then you don't show up one night and he ends up shagging someone else. This broke my heart. I feel like my naivety had been abused. He tried for hours to tell me it was the biggest mistake he'd ever made and that he didn't realize I liked him so much. He told me that if he had known about my feelings, he never would have done it and that he had even imagined our future together. My question is, should I forgive him? As disgusted as I am, he truly is my favorite person in the whole world. My favorite person in the whole world. Let's just remix your letter for a second. My favorite person in the whole world slept with three other girls in the workplace. My favorite person in the whole world can't remember shagging one because he was so drunk. My favorite person in the whole world, we talked about our future and our abusive parents. I have heard nothing about him that would make him my favorite person in the world. You just like him. You bonded over trauma. Then you found out he was fucking the whole office. I don't mean to blow your mind with this, but I bet you like him even more now that you found out he shagged everyone because you were trauma bonded and to you, chaos and pain feels like love. Uh Uh-huh. Catherine, to give him the benefit of the doubt, we didn't say we were exclusive. Still, I feel like I've wasted over five months on this and I don't want to risk looking stupid again or getting hurt. It's already so hard for me to open up and I'm terrified of being hurt again. 
Oh, right. And this time added, oh, I've wasted five months. You know what's worse than wasting five months? Wasting five months plus one day. Here's what you're going to do. Sure, you didn't say you were exclusive. Fine, you're both young and he's fucking other people in the office. I don't like that about him. But if you're willing to forgive him, you can't forgive him for that now. If you want a future with this man, you have to sever all romantic ties immediately. You should not even be speaking to him. You have to be like, oh, you're sorry you didn't know how much I liked you. Well, I did. He's putting all the responsibility on you to have let him know that. Well, what is, can he not read signs? You told him you liked him. And now he's like, oh, well, if you would have made that more clear, then I would not have shagged these women that I can't remember shagging. You don't want to hitch your wagon to someone who gets so drunk that he doesn't remember shagging someone just because you felt sick and couldn't be there. No, unacceptable. Here's what we're going to do. We are not speaking to him at all, apart from maybe office pleasantries, keeping it profesh, for six months. No complaining, no explaining your feelings, no texting, nothing. Because he has violated the privilege of having access to your life. Access denied. And then we're going to have some real time of introspection about who your favorite person in the world should be. Should it be yourself, maybe? Do you have some friends who've been through some ups and downs with you? Any friends from school? Any family members back home? I know you had trouble with your parents, but do you have siblings? Anyone else who maybe has earned the position of favorite person in your world more than this fuck nugget from your office who has to get his dick wet every night? I mean, who's your second favorite person in the world? Nick Cannon? Maybe a street fox? In the beginning, you described yourself as cold and standoffish, and I think that is a natural defense mechanism that your mind is putting between you and men right now, because I don't think you're in a position to make empowered choices that are good for you if you're choosing this guy, and if you're putting all your eggs in this basket to take some Love Island uh, vernacular. I think you need to step back, go back into that cold place, Get some therapy or talk to your friends or listen to my podcast a little bit more or just do some introspection and be like, well, what am I okay with for myself? And realize that these people need to earn their way into your life. It's not about who likes you or who you bond with over trauma. Like that is the wrong path. You need to only surround yourself with people who respect you, who value you, who put you on a pedestal, not just in the beginning when they're love bombing you and giving you gifts. The greatest gift, and this is like an old uh, quote, I think it's Socrates, is a man who has not shagged three other women where you work. And that's what you deserve. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to email me, it's tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Please look after yourselves, get regular smears, and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 